Welcome everyone to Screams After Midnight. I am Peter and joining me as always is Tim. What do you guys want? I'm so glad you asked. <laughs> uh, <laughs> this is Screams After Midnight. This is a horror movie podcast. We've watched a movie, we get together, we talk about it. It's really quite that simple. And it is Werewolf Month uh, here in the month of April 2021. Uh, I have no, we have no idea what the world's like in April 2021 because we're recording this way in advance. Mm. As the Christmas tree behind me, it will probably uh, give you a hint of. Mm. But uh, we are here today to talk about Ginger Snaps. Uh, there's no way we couldn't do uh, Werewolf Month without doing a proper review of this movie. So this is uh, the 2000 film uh, starring Catherine Isabel and Emily Perkins and mm. is the teenage girl take on werewolves, obviously. And uh, it's, it's a metaphor for the menstrual cycle. Let's just call it. Let's just call it what it is. Let's just get out in the sure. open. Uh, we're we're two thirty-something dudes who are going to spend the next hour or whatever it may be talking about uh, periods and mm-hmm. metaphors for girls coming of age and probably getting a lot of it wrong. So you have been warned <laughs> in advance. So there we are. Uh, um, obviously, we've both seen this before. Uh, we'll start spoiler-free before we go into spoilers. Uh, is the simple tale of two sisters, uh, one of whom is bit by a werewolf, that being Ginger, played by Catherine Isabel, and who slowly turns, and her sister, Bridget, tries to find a way to, to save her, to stop her. Uh, but it explores a lot of stuff. It explores, you know, coming-of-age stuff. Uh, obviously, the you know, the physical stuff, but also just the idea of sexuality, the idea of awakening, Ooh. the idea of a beast awakening, and all that, you know. We've done coming mm-hmm. of age. We've done. I mean, if you remember Raw, the the, the French movie, that was very oh, yeah, much. Yes, uh, yes. I mean, a bit later in life, it was college age, but it was very much the mm-hmm. the sexual awakening being represented by cannibalistic hunger, or something <laughs> that was re- you know, and the idea of repression was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, definitely not something that's unexplored in the horror genre. Although this did come sure. come long before Raw did, and I, I, I'm sure there's probably examples before this. I mean, maybe I'm. Maybe not. Maybe I don't think any. I can't think of any right now. But uh, um, yeah, I mean, I'm sure there is, but yeah, I can't think of any off the top of my head. But yeah, yeah. Also, it's a Canadian <laughs> film, which you can tell early on because there's yes. kids playing hockey <laughs> in the street. So mm-hmm. yes, thank you, Canada. <laughs> so Tim, what's, what's your what's your general feelings on Ginger Snaps? Uh, I mean, I love it. It's great. Um. Yeah, like obviously I'd seen it before, and um, yeah, it's it's a really solid indie movie, solid werewolf movie. Um, you can, you know, it's very easy to tell that you know it's from the two thousands, and that yeah, they probably didn't have like a super high budget, uh, but uh, you know, they just create such like um, you know, really good, interesting characters that you like to follow along, and um, yeah, it, you know, it, again, it does feel very uh you know like the metaphor and everything like feels very fresh and um yeah everything that's just a really fun uh movie to sit down and watch and um yeah i, I think you know it's it's one that's very heavy on the uh you know two main leads who you know are you know both very uh you know interesting in their own ways and, and fun to follow and you know uh, as much as it is about um you know like maturing and puberty and stuff i also uh like these kind of stories about like you know just uh like friendship and uh yeah i mean they're two sisters but they're also like you know very like close best friends and 
uh i always think it's interesting uh which i feel like you see this in horror movies when you have like you know something is happening to someone and it's like you know kind of causing a, a rift uh between them uh which i always think is interesting but no i, I mean yeah I, I you know it's a pretty you know i'd say it's a it's a pretty beloved cult film so it's not really going out on a limb here saying that it's uh pretty good but uh yeah i enjoy it quite a bit yeah, I, I mean, I've told this story before, but I, I, this is like one of the, yeah, this must be one of the last films of, a, of an era for me where I discovered it on TV at like one in the oh, yeah. morning because, because it wasn't that long because this would have been a few years after it came out because it was on like a sci-fi channel like one night, <laughs> but that, this would have been maybe 2004, 2003, a push maybe. And just like it being on, I just thought, ah, this seems all right. I'll leave it on. And, and I was doing other things, but by the time it got like maybe half an hour in, I was kind of invested and I stopped doing whatever I was mm-hmm. doing and I was paying attention to it. I didn't really know anything about it. I didn't, I'd never heard of it before. And th- those days are kind of gone for a couple of reasons. One is that we don't really watch, I mean, most of us anyway, <laughs> don't really just browse TV channels and catch movies on them anymore. Or at least I don't. I've not done that in a long ass time. Uh, and but also just because you know sure i was using the internet at the time but i feel like times have changed significantly since that period where now every movie coming out like i'm, I'm hearing about movies left and right i always seem you know i'm always knowing about movies before i watch them i'm podcasts news sites whatever it may be mm-hmm. yeah that's the thing like i mean there's definitely an equivalent nowadays to you know if you boot up a streaming site and you kind of uh-huh. flip through the movies and say hey what's this maybe i'll give it a shot but yeah, I think the difference, uh, like you're saying, is that, um, <clears throat> you know, maybe for like a casual person that doesn't, you know, pay attention to this stuff as much, you know, they, they might just randomly stumble upon things. But yeah, I think, you know, people like us that are very plugged into, you know, like horror podcasts and sites and personalities and following people on social media, it's kind of impossible to, you know, like not hear about something like yeah. you know six months uh, in advance this is exactly the sort of thing that you know would get buzz on twitter if it mm. like came out now it's just you know like it would hear about it and i think that's the big thing is that back then even if you were an enthusiast like we were it was still easy to not know about a lot of things just because the oh, spread sure, of like, information wasn't as you know rampant yeah and something like this like you know i i doubt this was playing in many theaters like you know it's probably mm. like small release if anything so even if you did hear about it like if you lived in like a small town somewhere you might have not even had an option to you know really see it until it came to tv or you know if you did like a you know a mail order dvd or whatever yeah so no i i, I love the movie a lot it's it's probably mm. my favorite werewolf movie and oh. Yeah, you know, there's not like a ton of competition, but uh, <laughs> although a bit more than there used to be, as we, as we talked about uh, in the past mm. couple of weeks. But it's, I, I think, what I like about it is that it's got a very unique tone and like atmosphere, and that this this it's, mm. sen- it's personality. I'd say personality is maybe the key word I'd use, and maybe it's just because the sisters are both kind of morbid and have this really. <laughs> sort yeah. of dark attitude right from the get-go mm-hmm. you know, the theme of murder the the visuals of violence are already kind of there mm-hmm. uh you know the, the other kids make fun of them for being kind of creepy and morticia-esque and mm-hmm. you know, even and I, even just the way they talk to each other about everyone else the way they analyze mm-hmm. the people around them the way they analyze the other school mm-hmm. kids just it feels kind of unique and it, i feel like when i'm watching this movie and there's not a lot of movies that make me feel like this particular way but i feel like i'm 
viewing the world through a specific lens of these two characters, sure. which mm-hmm. is partly the, the the teenage girl experience, but they're also not normal mm-hmm. teenage girls. They're, they're very specific teenage girls. So it's <laughs> you know it's through this kind of dark, twisted view of reality, and. I think then there's a lot of conversation you could have about, okay, why do they view the world this way? What are they rebelling mm-hmm. against? And I think you get into some more of the, the, the feminine feminine themes that come out from that mm-hmm. side of things as well, on top of just the obvious metaphors of, uh, you know, mm-hmm. werewolves and coming of age and the, the thirst for, for sex and violence and whatever. Yeah. And I feel like that is, you know, obviously, even though this you know, came out in 2000 or whatever, I feel like that's a very 90s thing where we are mm-hmm. starting to feel like more um disillusioned and like you know like i don't want to say necessarily like you know full goth or whatever but you know there were you are starting to see like more people in entertainment that were like you know the the darker kids like you know it we were kind of moving away from like the you know like oh gee shucks like quarterback kind of person and like you know like we were seeing starting to see more like kind of um like i don't know like nerds and uh you know like kind of witty uh you know like talking back to the establishment kind of people in uh and stuff um you know like like i'm just thinking of stuff like i don't know like adam's family or something like you know not maybe not the best example but like yeah also i'm talking about the 60s time this is a horrible example (laughs) i'm talking about like the 90s movies though okay you know what i mean (laughs) um but like you know just kind of like uh stuff like that i feel like you know we're seeing more and more in the 90s which uh and uh and again you know 2000s or whatever but uh this does have like a very 90s feel which like uh you know starts to make me feel like a little nostalgic uh, now like not saying that the 90s was great or anything but yeah i did grow up there and sometimes it is uh kind of interesting to see like i don't know just the i don't know fashion and kind of like attitudes and stuff from around that time yeah i mean i, I think the two leads are the, the the strongest part of the movie and i think the direction is really mm-hmm. strong i think the music's really good i think the the, the score uh is quite memorable mm-hmm. but i think the two leads and the the and not just the performances the prom- performances are very very good from both of them but i think mm-hmm. that even just the, the rating of those two characters is what makes this feel so special and unique and sure. just the the sort of dark sense of humor the movie kind of has to how it approaches things and how how they even get out of certain situations at certain points because they're known for having like like fake dead things lying around so they're able to like disguise <laughs> yeah. things later because it's like oh well we're used to seeing like severed limbs and stuff lying around the house because mm-hmm. our daughters are crazy like there's, there's <laughs> stuff like that going on um but i find their performances extremely entertaining to watch they're very engrossing they feel fully fleshed out and it's funny you mentioned uh it's it's quite and it is it's quite cheap but it, and it is technically quite cheap i actually think it, it never really suffers from it it feels like it, no, yeah. it it does a great job with the money it has it feels like it it aims for an atmosphere mm-hmm. that it can achieve and it feels grimy and small in a way that it feels like it fits the the small town very personal story it's telling there's actually mm. only one scene in the whole movie where I feel, for some reason, I feel the just the qualities of like a, a shitty directed video movie. <laughs> for some reason, just okay. in one specific scene, come out, and it's not. Mm. I, you know, I can kind of talk about it, but there's a, there's a scene where someone else who's been bitten is attacking a, a kid. Okay. Uh, yeah. And Bridget sort of stumbles into the scene, and 
he mm. sort of threatens her briefly and i don't know what it is about the scene i don't know if it's just shot in like a, in a field in broad daylight which is a staple of like cheap cheapo movies <laughs> i don't know if it's because it goes into this weird dutch angle yeah <laughs> as he says something like sort of threatening or maybe mm. it's a combination of that and his fairly hammy performance because he's not yeah. one of the better actors in the movie uh, mm-hmm. it, it was all right when he was just being a, a little shit, but now that he's sort of starting to turn into a werewolf, he's kind of a he's 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 hamming it up. He's chewing the scenery a bit, um, yeah. and then a combination of all those things, I was like, oh, I just got like a weird vibe of some shitty directed video mm-hmm. thing from around this time. Yeah, that scene aside, though, I never really felt a problem. With it. Even the werewolf effects, uh, mm-hmm. well, have limitations. They don't, mm-hmm. uh, I think, hinder the the movie in any any way. Yeah, like it, like I, I wouldn't say you know it's like the best uh looking werewolf stuff, but at the same time, uh I think because you are so invested in the story and the characters that it doesn't really hamper it that much. Like it, it fits for the atmosphere and stuff that they've kind of created for that. Yeah, it's better than late phases werewolves. So I'll say that much. <laughs> yeah, 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 I'll say that. <laughs> And, you know, it's, and it's a long time without actual werewolves and it, that's the funny thing because you're so into the two characters I don't think you're ever missing or, or like sort of like get to the werewolf like transformation already right. I don't think you ever feel that in this movie you're, you're too busy because it, it sort of plays with the idea that she has like a, a thirst for blood and violence long before she's ever transformed completely into a werewolf so uh, mm-hmm. there's, there's a lot of that going on throughout uh, and like how they try to cover that up and yada 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 um so, no. Um, I, I, as well as every time I watch this, and I, it's like the 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 couple of scenes at the start, it the the first scene sort of like gives you the over the top dark humor uh, with, with this mum who finds like a the dead dog in her in her backyard, and yeah. then out walks Bridget and just kind of like complains that there's too much noise as she's holding like you know like a gas can and she's got like some <laughs> rope or something and. She's still. You know, she's sort of slouch. She's got this like cardigan on that's far too big for her, and she's just like, "Shut up, Raymond." Whatever the dog's name is, that's like barking mm-hmm. next to her, and it just immediately gives you like this weird, offbeat vibe. You're like, mm-hmm. "Okay, I meant to." And then she goes to see her sister, and Ginger's like got a knife to her wrist, and she's talking about the best way to kill herself, and they're having mm-hmm. this conversation like it's like normal, like, "Oh yeah, nah, I'm gonna do it this way," and she's like, "Nah, but you should do this, and you should do that." Uh, and it turns out, of course, it's revealed that what they're actually doing is they're, they're, for a project for school, they're taking a bunch of photographs of each other in suicide-like poses using makeup mm. and stuff like that. But it immediately just gives it this tone where you're like, okay, we're vented into a dark world. It, it presents teenage life as this mm. miserable, and arguably teenage life is miserable, but this like literally miserable experience of just this dark depravity where there's mm-hmm. no escape and they're they're trapped by the confines of that or that around them uh so and there's definitely some stuff for that as well there's definitely some stuff of them trying to rebel against the the, the mm-hmm. society norms around them uh it comes up a few times in the film yeah yeah i feel like it's an attitude that you don't really see that much uh that much of any anymore like i don't know like growing up there was a very you know a very kind of dark sense of like you know like hey like things really suck and like i don't know like our our parents generations like like kind of ruined the planet and like yeah and and it's stuff that you can kind of see like is still going on today and stuff and like i I do remember like yeah there was like this very kind of like 
I don't know, moody atmosphere of it. And like, you know, there's a lot of like the same problems still exist, but I feel like, I don't know, the, the things you see like with kids and stuff today, it seems to be like a much more positive thing. Like it's less like we're screwed. Let's just be dark and make suicide packs. And it's more like, how can we fix this stuff? Like, let's, uh, you know, try to fight for a better tomorrow and enact change and stuff, which is, which is, you know, the, the better way to go about it. But, uh, yeah, I feel like this is kind of tapping into something of the time that, uh, you don't really see as much of anymore. Yeah. And of course there's the, uh, to go along with that, the idea that they're resisting becoming normal and, right, you yeah. know, and not, not so much that they've intentionally done this, but the idea that that somehow also led to them avoiding having periods so far because ginger gets her first mm -hmm. period after she's bit by the werewolf and she's you know, quite old to have her first period like this is you know pushing yeah. up there um you know the, the idea that part, part of the 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 problem is and maybe part of the message of the movie is resisting growing up mm -hmm. and rebelling and repressing things as much as this just makes everything more difficult on you uh and because mm -hmm. it's a movie that's turned up to 11 and it's you know vicious werewolf killing people and uh, no one's safe <laughs> yeah <laughs> from the fallout so yeah i i think it but just to go back to the two main characters i think so many low budget horror movies we watch we'll watch and we'll talk about how just sort of bland and nothing the characters are mm -hmm. in this movie within like five minutes has already gave me mm -hmm. two characters that are very interesting unique uh captivating to kind of listen to just to see what they're going to say and do and see, see where it's sure. going uh mm -hmm. and I, but then we watch other stuff that, and movies that aren't even necessarily that bad but like you know you, you we watch i'll pick a movie from the last year but you know we watch mm -hmm. like uh one br or we watch uh well so, i don't know it's hard to remember all these <laughs> okay but not good or not great movies but yeah. there, there's so many main characters who are just kind of like yeah, they're, they're kind of a likable in a real world they're like, way. <laughs> yeah, they're like very neutral. It's like, okay, this is a a good person. You know, maybe they're struggling with like finances a little bit, but um, but yeah, they they seem like pretty likable. But I mean, yeah, I and mean, you know some. Uh, I mean, not to say that these characters aren't likable by any means. You know, they're, they're very likable. But you know, like sometimes like that neutral just kind of. Oh, I'm, I'm just a good person. Like, that's kind of just a very boring character. You know? Yeah. And I mean, being a good person can be interesting if, if it's a good person who's surrounded by shitheads and there's like strength shown because they're they're somehow being good despite everything around them or something yeah. like you. But they can have something. I just, I feel like there's a, there's a blandness to so many like characters, especially in, in mm. directed streaming movies and directed video movies. And arguably, yeah. you know, the bigger mainstream stuff too, but i'm watching this and like within you know single digits of the minutes i'm 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 like i'm invested i'm into what they're doing <laughs> i'm into who these characters are before even either of them are bit just just them standing at the side of the uh the hockey pitch talking about uh <laughs> like the other kids and talking just and talk about it in a weird way that teenagers wouldn't normally talk about anything like mm -hmm. sort of analyzing them in this 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 sort of macabre way where they're i don't know I, I can't even describe it it's just but that's it, kind of the point is that it's unique and it's just this point of view that just sticks out so and yeah it does come off a little bit 
I don't know, try hard, but not in a way where the movie mm. feels like it's trying hard. In a way that the characters themselves are, are kind of tryhards. They're, they're kind of trying hard to be this edgy and, and different and gothy and emo and mm. we're not going to be normal like everyone else. It does come off as this, like, like uh, you know, immature, like, uh, we're going to be different from everything else. But it feels true to who they are. It feels true to what the characters that the movie's trying to present to us. Yeah. So, yeah. Uh, I think I think points were points to do. Ah, I mean, as for horror movie stuff, there's kills, there's there's severed limbs, there's uh, one or two good deaths. Yeah, it hides a lot. I think, particularly you know, to not have like you know, not to expose the werewolf effects too much, and I think that's perfectly valid. That's a a smart choice by smart filmmakers who know what they can and cannot show. Because um, sure. you know how many movies are like, nah, we'll just do this shitty CG thing, even though we clearly can't afford <laughs> proper CG. Yeah, uh, you know, so I appreciate that, and it is mostly practical effects as well. Yeah, <laughs> they've got a prosthetic wolf. They've got you know all these things. Sorry, I I uh, I blinked out for a second because I was trying to think of like something I watched recently that had really bad effects. <laughs> I was like, what was it? And I was like, oh yeah, as the um uh the the creep show uh Christmas special oh. uh which the um like like some of the makeup effects and stuff like uh like we're good but they there's kind of like this big fight scene and there's like a lot of people with guns shooting and oh my god the cgi blood is so bad like (laughs) i like we could probably do a a better job like it you know it looks like it's literally just i don't so pay like five bucks to just have like little digital red spots you know like put on the thing uh yeah that's uh i i think that might be one of my biggest like pet peeves out of like cgi and digital stuff like i i hate digital blood it just it it looks so bad and distracting yeah uh i pretty much agree i i I can't i'm I'm sure sometimes when you mix it with some real blood like if you're just doing it to add to like the 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 core of whatever's happening but when you just do nothing but cgi blood and i've seen it's just kind of like uh this looks like shit what are we doing (laughs) It's very obvious, very distracting. And it's like I, I know how like uh you know it's it'd be really expensive to get like a full on prosthetic werewolf that can move its jaws and, and run and leap. So I understand why you might use CGI for that, like in a movie or whatever. Um but like I don't know, do like squibs and blood packets really cost that much? Even if you're low budget, like, is that that hard of an expense? I don't know. I think the the, the part where they're saving more money is not having to clean the set between clean takes. Up. Yeah, yeah. I think that's maybe where the appeal comes from for a, a lot of these yeah. uh, a lot of these movies. But uh, yeah, that is uh, that is that. I'm I'm trying to think of that spoiler free that I, I want to talk about. Um, and and not just the um the like obviously the two main leads you know are mm-hmm. the you know the the best characters and the ones you want to follow but i also really do like the parents i think they're very funny uh and you know especially the mom <laughs> like the dad really doesn't get much to do but i think that in in of itself is funny um, yeah that's got a couple of funny lines maybe rogers who plays the mom who i've seen in a few mm-hmm. things so yeah she's pretty good she she yeah. Uh, and she's so different from the kids, which is r- really funny, actually, because the, the the parents seem like this really normal, like middle class couple, and then like, uh, honey, but, uh, clean your corpse off the driveway, please. Yeah, 
I, I think like what what makes me laugh is that like how yeah like loving but she's still like invested in the children like i think the easy thing to do would be like to have parents that are just like so you know divorced from their kids because they're so different that they're just like i don't want anything to do with them like you're crazy and weird mm -hmm. and stuff and like i love that like she you know like 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 it, it feels like she wants to bond with them over their weird stuff but also like absolutely doesn't get it and doesn't like it but uh and, and then like i think like towards uh <clears throat> the, the end of the movie she like starts making some wild decisions which we'll get to in spoilers I know, but I, I think that stuff is funny <laughs> yeah it, it's cracking me up as well okay i mean we feel sorry for the dad in a lot of ways but we'll get to why yes. uh, <laughs> uh we'll get to why and uh, spoilers uh, actually why i mentioned that their bedroom because they share a bedroom right they've got like a, a twin <laughs> twin room and it, it's very it's a very weird location because the house itself is quite a normal kind of you know big typical family house where you see the kitchen <laughs> you see the living room you see some of the other rooms in the house but they're like in the like the basement, like the basement? Yeah, yeah it's like but it's like a really crappy stone walls it's not like homely at all mm. i mean they've got it dressed up they've got like some sparkly beads like from the ceiling and stuff but it's a really grungy and i don't know if this is like was this their choice did they want to be in the grungy basement it feels it feels like it, it might have been yeah. um i love the idea that the parents had like two really girly pink rooms all like made up for them upstairs but like now we're gonna go to the basement and be miserable and talk about death and stuff uh but yeah okay so i'll thank our patreon producers at the time of rating uh, so thank you to Tyler Hess, Cindy Palacios, David Sharp, Board Now, Al Treisman, Christopher Moy, Brett Williams, and David Brown. They're our Patreon producers uh, right now. Uh, so thank you to them. It means they're $20 or more at patreon.com slash TV, where you can go and support us for as little as $1 per month. If you want to support the show and keep everything coming and uh, let us grow and all that sort of stuff, for that $1 per month, you get access to the library of bonus episodes that we've done. Uh, that we've typically been doing once per month. They're on pause just now because Tim's going on paternity leave and they'll be back sometime mm -hmm. in late spring. Uh, 2021, that is, just in case you're watching this much later and <laughs> <laughs> you're thinking, that what, are they not back till... Because just imagine someone's watching this in, like, 2023 and they're like, oh, God, I'll, I'll, I'll sign up to Patreon, but not now. I'll wait until spring because... <laughs> because whatever. Um, so, uh, go, go and have a look. He's got early access, of course, at the $5 tier to uh, all the episodes by a day. Uh, and so on and so on. So go have a look and see if you're interested in helping keep everything coming. You can also hit the like button on YouTube as a free way of supporting us, uh, and that helps us out a lot too. So thank you very much. So full spoilers from this point on for Ginger Snaps. So yeah, where to uh, where to begin here? Um, so I mean, the actual plot of the movie uh, is like we said, it's it's this. Is Ginger becoming a werewolf and that kind of being a metaphor for coming of age and getting her first period, which she literally does get. And the idea that she, like, boys which... are starting to notice her, even before the, the werewolf bite, like when they show their, their mm. death like slideshow in class, like uh, the very year 2000 douchebag uh, <laughs> is very impressed with Ginger and is staring at her chest and all sorts uh because apparently in high school you can just watch the girls uh gym team uh practice with yeah <laughs> for something you know no no one's going to question anything while you're just sitting there watching that but go on mm -hmm. uh yeah and then and you mentioned before like yeah about her getting her period and stuff which i i think they kind of you know um like uh 
have the, the the idea that it's also the the period that might, might even have attracted the werewolf like yeah you know when they're running around it's like they because yeah you know, i think they might thought about like oh like sometimes wild animals like smell blood and it attracts them or, or whatever yeah at least one of the best uh shots in the movie i think is when it just cuts mm-hmm. to the store and bridget's just standing in front of all the tampons <laughs> yeah. uh, not knowing what to buy and just kind of mm-hmm. uh f- feeling awkward about the whole thing uh, and, you know, and part of the movie, because of the relationship, is very much the idea that our sister's leaving her behind, because her sister's mm-hmm. maybe starting to care about the fact that boys are looking at her, and maybe has a thirst for this kind of thing now, and she's going to get left mm-hmm. behind and not be, you know, mm-hmm. paid attention to. And it's uh, and probably important to note, too, that, uh, you know, um, uh, like, Ginger is older, but they are, like, in the same grade, because uh, I think they say Bridget skipped a grade. Mm. so it's it's not even like they really have like their own friends it's like oh they're actually because they, they are in the same grade together th- so they basically just you know will kind of stick around each other and hang out with each other so it's not even like you know she really has like other friends or, or anything like in the class too yeah and I, I actually i do think the scene because they're out looking because there's, there's like a sort of bully girl who like picks a fight with them uh on the hockey <laughs> team and they want to I can't remember if this is ever actually a killer dog or if they were just going to scare her by making it look her dog was attacked, but the, they were looking for her dog, and this is when the werewolf attacks Ginger, and I think the actual attack itself is, I think, really well handled given how much they had to hide, because it feels quite visceral, it feels like there's a lot of quick, there's a lot of streaming, uh, a lot of blood, and they go running, and of course there's a van that hits the werewolf, killing because that's one of the things about this movie, is that the werewolves aren't like super unstoppable killing machines that right. uh, that makes sense because otherwise it'd be very hard to have a resolution with these teenagers who can mm. barely fight like it's not <laughs> so but you know, this van kills the werewolf the, the better um and this character sam who's driving the van becomes kind of you know kind of the third main character because bridget ends up going to him because he's He's basically a drug dealer, but because of that, he knows his way around like botany and, <laughs> and like chemistry. <laughs> so he ends up helping, trying to like solve the werewolf problem. But mm. you know, it, so a lot of this is that Ginger's starting to sort of come out of her shell. She's starting to, you know, we get the classic walking down the hallway in slow motion as everyone's heads are turning and going, "Oh my god, she's super hot now." <laughs> uh, you know, she has this confidence uh, about her, yeah. which again, like mm. you, you know, this idea of like coming of age and and becoming more sexually confident and becoming a bit more uh you know mm. l- less sheltered less shy uh, more mm-hmm. commanding the situation uh because sure. when i mentioned earlier that it kind of like t- tackles a little bit at times about challenge you know challenging the establishment i think one of the big examples of that is when she does go with the douchebag who's been kind of hitting on her uh mm-hmm. and they end up in the car together like he kind of like tells it to calm down because she's like you know going too fast we got all night just sit back and relax which i cringed a little bit when he said that um but she's she's like it just she just she kind of keeps going so like, how about you sit back and relax and he's like hey who's the guy here and she just like f's him up uh and like and they do have they do have sex because i wasn't actually sure if they, they had sex or if she was just going to like basically maul him at that point <laughs> yeah. uh, but the rest of the movie makes it pretty clear that they did have unprotected sex because that's how he uh caught it that's how he has so i don't think there's meant to necessarily be a a straight up like std like mm-hmm. message in here but it's hard not to it's think a little of, bit yeah, yeah it's hard not to think about it a little bit because he did catch it that way yeah. um and like his and like while her kind of transformation seems 
yeah like more wolf-like and empowering like his transformation does seem more like and like an like an std version of that where <laughs> the std like, version of that because because <laughs> yeah like he doesn't like seem like you know he's you know as like in charge and uh like powerful and stuff from his stuff like it seems like it's affecting him like pretty poorly uh is and that, that's because uh, that's what you're getting with before when you talk about yeah. like that one scene where yeah, he just looks like a, like he doesn't look more wolf like. He looks like he just kind of has like this really bad rash or something on his face. I, I mean, I'm not necessarily sure if I agree or disagree with this, but do you think there's like a, maybe a slight message there? Uh, going with the metaphor that the wolf is like initiating puberty in a, in a weird way, mm-hmm. that boys are kind of a mess going through puberty <laughs> until they <laughs> until they even out at the end. Uh, I can see that, and girls mm-hmm. handle it better. Mm-hmm. I mean, I'm not so sure if that's even accurate, but like I could I could see it. I can I see it, yeah. yeah. I, I, I can, like, uh, yeah, I can see an argument for it. Like, yeah, maybe, maybe it's not specifically what they're going for, but I, yeah. I think there's a case to be made there for sure. Yeah, yeah. I mean, obviously, you know, on average, there's there's extreme cases on either end from everyone, of course. But sure. <laughs> um, uh, <clears throat> yeah, so uh, all the stuff with like in the middle of the movie of like Ginger like turning and because she kind of like really separates from Bridget at one point and Bridget's getting really frustrated that her sister's kind of abandoned her but then after the sex scene after she comes back and she's you know she's killed a dog uh, and she's got blood all down her she's scared enough that she starts to trust Bridget again and Bridget's trying to help her and lies to Sam that she's the one who's been bit uh, herself so that he'll help her um, I actually, I think this might be the movie that, that taught me the word lycanthrope because there's, there's a point when he mm. when he first says, "Oh, I hit a lycanthrope," and she's like, "I know what that mm. means." And I'm like, this <laughs> may be the movie that taught me the, what the word lycanthrope was. Maybe in the first place I heard it. Sure. At least the yeah. first place that I heard it and it stuck, where I remembered mm-hmm. it being mentioned. Yeah. Uh, but I, I think uh, the the build in the middle uh, <laughs> and like ginger trying to control herself and like hold it mm-hmm. in and then losing her shit on the billy because she ends up like basically kicking the shit out of the billy uh mm-hmm. at a hockey practice when she pushes bridget uh, and this leads to them you know or at least at least to her killing her dog uh ginger that is and when the billy mm-hmm. comes over to confront them at their house saying she wants her dog back that she suspects them of foul play uh oh she doesn't say it in so many nice words because she, she really is quite awful. It? <laughs> just, that, that's the thing. For for as weird and morbid as the two lead characters are, uh, all of the other kids we meet are all complete dartbags. They're all the oh, worst. Yeah, for sure. Uh, which honestly feels very realistic for uh, teenagers, yeah. <laughs> especially in this time period. But uh, I I always this... I, I'd, I'd forgotten how this death went. Uh, I... it, it surprised me again. Yeah. What What's weird about it is there's so much more elaborate and gory deaths uh in the movie but for some reason this is the one that like hits the hardest and it has not and it has nothing to do with werewolves yeah (laughs) i mean arguably if the scene continued without her having this accident maybe you know ginger would have just like slashed her and bit her and whatever but yeah she actually slips on like some milk or something and she yeah she basically slips back the way and the, the back of her head hits the corner of the kitchen counter. Oof. And it is brutal. It feels really violent. And it's yeah. it's one of these things where sometimes the simple blunt thing is a way is way more visceral. Uh, mm-hmm. I, I always think of uh, Christopher Nolan's first film, Following, where 
he talked about how the villain in that movie uses a hammer instead of a gun mm-hmm. because it was so low budget they couldn't get a gun in, or they could but they couldn't like, if, you know if they ever fired it it wouldn't sound right it wouldn't look good so i was like no <coughs> a hammer is a hammer it won't look fake mm-hmm. and it's actually kind of more intimidating because there's something really yeah. violent feeling about someone just swinging a hammer at you. <laughs> um for sure so and it's a similar kind of vein yeah, yeah okay werewolf baits and like maulings are cool but it's really big in like horror movie spectacle there's something mm-hmm. about just hitting your head in the corner or something like that it's just yeah like, especially Ugh. yeah it's like that specific angle where it's like oh yeah like you, you know like yeah human bodies are not supposed to like yeah be hit there or bend there uh that yeah sometimes it's like woof. <laughs> put that on mm-hmm. i Put that like a medical journal, uh, just a quote in the front. <laughs> Human bodies aren't supposed to be hit or bend there. Yeah. <laughs> and then, um, yeah, and then and this is, uh, uh, and I love like the follow-up to the scene too, where it's like the mm. parents are coming home and so they have to, yeah, like quickly hide the body. And uh, yeah, the, and uh, for some reason I always like, yeah, it stands out to me when the, the dad is kind of like looking a little bit like too hard at it. Like he's like, yeah, is that really uh one of their like art projects and well yeah we should mention the way, the way they sort of like hide it because the body's lying there and there's blood like everywhere mm-hmm. is that ginger mm-hmm. just like sort of lies down in the blood and pretends that this is one of their art project things and mm-hmm. even licks the blood and goes corn syrup you want some dad as if he's going to lick <laughs> it off her finger <laughs> like, a weirdo. Uh, like even if it was corn syrup like that's still, really that's still gross. yeah it's still gross yeah <laughs> i mean it's not i mean it's like on the floor it's on your hand like why would anyone yeah. want to no 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 no, no. I think really just corn syrup in general. Like I don't think that's like tasty, right? Which actually leads <laughs> like, to the joke that you started the podcast with, which yeah. <laughs> is uh, they've had the body in the freezer, and the mum goes mm. to put something in the freezer. It's like one of those deep freezers that you know mm-hmm. you open from the top, and the body's sitting in the freezer. It's actually like far too frozen already for it's only been there for like five minutes, so I'm not sure why it's already like yeah. a, a popsicle, but whatever. <laughs> uh, but she, you know, she opens it and she hasn't looked down yet, and to distract her. Bridget just goes, Mom, what do boys want? Because she knows. <laughs> she knows that if she asks her for some motherly advice, mm. she'll be so over the moon that she's been asked this serious question by her daughter that she's going to not pay yeah. attention to anything and she will sit there and... It, we, cut a, we cut ahead, but presumably Bridget mm. and uh, Ginger had to sit and listen to a whole speech about what boys want. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's so funny. Yeah, the mom like, is, just gets so excited and like, not just that they're, like, you know, you get the sense that they're probably not, like, you know, too often, like, happy to see her, want to, like, sit down and talk to her, but it's especially do it about, like, a big life lesson thing that she can really impart uh, on them. And, Which actually and, like, leads to maybe my favorite line. This is, like, this is the dad sort of, like, becomes the, the, the low-key, like, MVP yeah. <laughs> in the movie. Because the scene, it's when they're disposing of the body outside, uh, and it cuts up to the, the parents' bedroom. And the mom's like looking through a magazine, looking for like, oh, I'm gonna get some more like, you know, teenage daughter tips and hints and how to talk to them and yeah, yeah. yeah. And the dad's kicking, he's like, you know, I'm not sure about this art project stuff. It's a bit unhealthy or something like that. And she's like, oh, shut up. Like, is there being normal teenage <laughs> girls? And he just hits back with, then why are they so suddenly interested in what you have to say? <laughs> and I'm like, damn, that was such a good part. <laughs> the dad is like. Uh, yeah, I think the dad is very funny because he's just like, it, it just feels like he's just like beaten down, yeah, <laughs> and like just like that. Yeah, he's like so quiet and outspoken. So it is like, 
yeah it, yeah like you said he's very like low-key and it just feels funny like whenever someone does like remember he's there or has like a line or something about him yeah which is why when the mum finds the uh i mean they find the two fingers that were left behind by accident mm-hmm. from the from the, the girl uh, and she assumes it's just fake but she finds mm-hmm. like one of the dead dogs and he's like oh so when she she's with bridget later she says look i'll just i'll i'll, I'll turn the gas on we'll set the house on fire <laughs> uh, and we'll move somewhere and start over just as girls and i'm like wait mm-hmm. what why wait what <laughs> and and again i think there's there is some some commentary in here because she she's because mm-hmm. bridget says you know what about dad and she says oh he'll just blame me they all will and well, it, it kind of just comes off as kind of like a really weird, dark little joke. I do think there's a mm. little bit of commentary in there when she says, you know, she's basically saying why she wants to move and start again and not ha- like not have it found out that one of her daughters has killed a dog or a, mm-hmm. a number of dogs is because she thinks that she'll be blamed as the mother, that the dad won't be blamed. The dad will join everyone mm-hmm. else and blame her. So, I mean, right or wrong, it's definitely given us the impression that she feels this pressure of society as a mother to perform mm-hmm. up to a certain standard and that she's failed uh, for this. So she's, you know, looking out for her daughters in some weird way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's kind of weird how the parents sort of disappear from the movie after this and we never get their reaction yeah. to anything. <laughs> pretty yeah, much. It's a, past this yeah, it's point. a little strange. Yeah. <laughs> uh, because the, uh, the solution to everything comes from a flower... It's not quite Will's Bane, but it's like a distant cousin to it. Monkwood or something? Yeah. Uh, That will cure the werewolf. Because Silver doesn't work in this movie. The Full Moon doesn't even have much of an effect. The the transformation is just slowly happening. It's not really fussed about the the Full Moon. Which, Mm. honestly, uh, I'm not that fussed about in the sense that having watched a number of werewolf movies this month and how much they all obsess about talking about Phil Moons, it's actually kind of refreshing to watch one that's not constantly going, sure. ah, yeah. Phil Moon, that's beware the moon, nah, the, the, the moon, da, da, da. <laughs> um, but, which is, it's kind of funny actually in the sense that because of the metaphor and the whole idea of her getting her first period and she's told, oh, I'll, you know, give or take every 28 days for the next 30 years, mm-hmm. it's kind of funny that you know, that's really pointed out, but the actual t- typical werewolf trope of, oh, you become a werewolf once a month is actually a left behind. It's almost like it yeah. feels like it doesn't need to do that because it's already using this metaphor so heavily. Uh, it's true. So, I don't know. Uh, it's a thought. Uh, <laughs> so, Bridget locks Isabel... Uh, not Isabel, sorry. I'm, I'm just the actor's name. Uh, locks Ginger in the house, but, and she's starting to really transform. She's got, like, ridges in her head now, and she's... <laughs> or, by the way, is it just me? I was disgusted every time we see the tail. The tail that's growing... For sure. Like, really upset me. Every time I watch this movie and I see, like, the little stub and then later on when it's actually, like, sticking out of her underwear, like, every time I'm just like, this is really mm. disgusting. I don't know why this and bothers when, me so much, but it is. And when she's trying to, like, cut it off, it's like... Oh, it's, yeah. It's very squirmy. The I, I do think it is kind of funny, like, you know, towards the end of the movie when they're going to, like, the big party and stuff and everyone, you know, is kind of looking at ginger and being like, oh what man like good costume looking so hot and stuff and i'm like Ugh. like i i don't know i'm very freaked out by the way she looks like it's very like pointy and has like you know like it's kind of like big ridges like on her face and, and yeah, stuff she, and like <laughs> she tries to seduce sam when she goes to see him mm-hmm. and she sort of like undoes her shirt but she has those ridges all up her stomach as well and it's just like with those and w- with those like extra nipples on her chest 
They may have been, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's what, I, I, I'm never quite sure, but it's like, you know, her, her like, body is kind of like, it, it's almost like kind of like moving and, and stuff like a little bit. And like, I always, uh, there are these things on there. I'm like, I think those are supposed to be nipples, but, which is kind of funny if it's like, you're becoming more wolf-like, so you're getting more nipples. Yeah, you get um, six or eight nipples, however many nipples yeah. are all for. So. But, uh, <laughs> but yeah, it, it's definitely not sexy, though. No, no. Um, <laughs> which... And again, maybe even there's something there that she gets really sexy, but then as the movie goes on and progresses, she gets more monstrous, like beyond that point, and it stops being yeah. sexy and it starts being something else entirely. Like, I think there's maybe even like some themes you can read into that. The the film the film's sure. definitely rich in that stuff. It's definitely rich in like thinking about these ideas and you know what is it saying about uh, coming of age? What is it saying about the the female experience, particularly yeah. at that age? And what is it saying about you know all these different things? So. I mean, all that stuff's good. I mean, as far as, far as like, you know, the, the back chunk of the movie goes, um, the cure does work. As, as mentioned, uh, Bridget meets the other guy who who is turning, uh, that, that Ginger had sex with, and she actually uses the, the, the one dose of the cure on him. Uh, they can get more, you know, because, by the way, the reason why they have the flower, because Sam was going to have to grow it and it was going to take a while, uh, <coughs> turns out that like the mum just buys it at like a thrift store or something like that, or <laughs> just comes home and says, "Hey, I bought some flowers today." He's like, huh? These happen to be exactly what we need to there save ginger. <laughs> what a coincidence! <clears throat> oh dear. Uh, but uh, so there's a sort of race to try and make more of it, mm. uh, uh, but unfortunately, ginger's got too far gone, and she they have her like knocked out in the back of the the van to try mm. to drive to uh, their house to get the, the rest of the flowers. But Ginger fully transforms, and the last, like, ten minutes, they're in the house. Ginger's, like, creeping around the house as a werewolf. Sam is killed. If I, I actually... <laughs> I, I sort of laugh because he, we see him get pulled out of a door and, like, a lot of, like, streaming and blood. And again, it, it feels very visceral and animalistic, which is good, because that's kind of how a werewolf <laughs> kill should feel. Um, but it's mostly off-camera. But when Bridget runs into him and she's creeping around to try to, like, you know, find her sister to, like, stab her with a syringe, <laughs> like... I described, or the way I felt when I saw when I saw Sam, because he's still kind of breathing for like a little bit, is that he's got the Miles Dyson uh, breathing. And if you don't know what I mean by that, mm. in Terminator 2, when Miles Dyson is about to die, uh, spoilers, okay. and he's holding <coughs> he's holding the trigger for the, the explosives that are in the, the Dyson, uh, the Cyberdyne building, uh, mm. he's doing this thing where he's sort of like... <laughs> And he's sort of, like, yeah. breathing really heavily and bobbing up and down. Uh, it's not quite as, as strong as Dyson's, but it made me think of it. So, mm. he gets the Dyson breathing scene. Yeah, that's, um... Yeah, it, it's always kind of, like, uh... Yeah, it, it's kind of, like, disturbing, because it feels like they've, like, really lost control and their body's just desperately trying to, like, gasp in air to survive. Mm-hmm. Where I feel like a lot of the time, the other thing you get is kind of like, you know, like the more like calmed, relaxed version of it where people are just like, <sighs> which is like, I, I don't know, that feels like a little bit more like soothing and like, I don't know, like a, a bit more at peace and stuff versus, yeah, the other one like feels like so frantic. <laughs> it's kind of like, ooh, that's going to suck. Yeah, and I wonder if there's maybe something to be said. I mean, we, we kind of mentioned that the parents disappear from the movie. I do mm. wonder, and they're, they're so oblivious to what's going on with their daughters, even even when the mum finds the dog, she doesn't really know what's happening. And I, I do yeah. think that may be quite intentional, actually, because the idea that <clears throat> ultimately 
you know, going through this change, coming of age, is something you do alone. It's not something that your mm-hmm. parents can really help with. They can give you advice, they can tell you about their experience, but ultimately, mm-hmm. it doesn't really help that much. You just kind of have to go through it. You just kind of have to go through sure. the changes. So I, I think that's uh, something the film does intentionally as well. And and why the parents Makes do sense. feel so oblivious to everything, and they're just kind of, you know, outside of the mm. the one random moment where the mom's like, yeah, let's just burn the house down and start fresh somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear. Mm. Uh, now, some great sequencing, though, is the, uh, like, a sort of standoff between Bridget and the uh, mm. werewolf ginger. And <laughs> she sort of, like, is hiding. I love that it ends in their bedroom, because we... we, we you know, we haven't maybe emphasized this in the review so much, but, but we do continually keep coming back to this ped- bedroom throughout the film, mm-hmm. and it really feels like their hub, their base. Uh, so the fact that the final shot of the movie is like, you know, the dead werewolf between the two beds and Bridget hugging her, mm-hmm. uh, because when Ginger mm-hmm. jumps at her, she she just instinctively stabs her with the knife she's holding instead mm-hmm. of the syringe. So uh, Ginger unfortunately dies. Uh, yeah, and. We didn't really mention it uh, too much before, but like another kind of recurring thing in the movie is like they have this pact where they keep saying that they're, you know, basically gonna like either get out of there or like die by. Did they say like die by sixteen or something like that? Or I don't know if it was sixteen because I think I think Ginger's already just old, like, older than that. But yeah, or well, I guess just basically then they're they're just gonna kill themselves if they don't like get out of their life or the suburbs or whatever. So they kind of have this pact that they keep coming to and. Yeah, kind of like, yeah, like, and ends up, you know, being what, what happens in the end, at least to Ginger. Yeah, to Ginger, yeah, because uh, uh, Bridget sort of lies on her, she's breathing slowly, and then the breathing stops, and then the main theme kicks in. It's, you know, it's a really good ending. The mm-hmm. visual of, like, just, like, again, in this dingy little bedroom with the two beds side by side, like, and them in between it, is, is really, really strong visual that sums up the movie. And I think one, mm-hmm. one of the things that happens as well, which is very important for the sequel, which, you know, I'm sure will come back to the sequels uh you know so in the not too distant future is that mm. bridget to try and convince ginger when she's going pretty far off the deep end that she's on her side and she wants to help her uh she like cuts her own palm she mm. cuts ginger's palm and she mixes their blood so so mm. bridget towards the end of the movie is infected with werewolf with the werewolf curse and I think again for the for the metaphor, it, this makes a whole lot of sense that inevitably Bridget was going to have to go through this too. If the if the werewolf is mm-hmm. going to be the metaphor for for getting their period and coming of age and going through that period of their life, then mm-hmm. the little sister had to go through it too eventually. Uh, now mm-hmm. I don't think the movie needs a sequel. I, I think the the idea that she's taking on that burden that it'll happen yeah. off screen is enough. We don't need you know that, that, that's fine. Mm-hmm. Um. So I no, I, I think and, that that works really well. And uh, I, I do like the the wait. I, I forget if it's the second one or the third one, but isn't one of them called Ginger Snaps Back? That's the th- yeah. So the second one's just a follow up that follows the plot. I've never okay. seen the third one, but the third one is basically I think the first movie, but it's set in like olden times. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so I, I've never seen the third yeah. one, so I'll be actually curious to get to that and yeah. see how it is. Uh, I I yeah I haven't seen it either. I just I like the title though. Yeah, I think what I like about that is that they basically come up with some sort of weird premise because like we we really want Catherine Isabel back because the second movie was really lacking <laughs> Catherine Isabel. Oh, let's just do the movie again a different time period. We'll do like a a weird <laughs> anthology sort of style thing. Um, 
interesting that's sure i mean i i mean yeah if, you, if you're going to tackle it from a feminine perspective it makes there is a lot of doors that open by then setting it in an older time period where you know things are even worse uh, in a lot of ways so uh i get it yeah that makes sense <laughs> like it, it always seems like you know a bit of a stretch like to be like oh uh hey you know, because, I mean, I don't know if it's supposed to be completely unrelated, but I I thought I looked at the premise before and it said, like, this, it, it follows their ancestors, mm-hmm. which, I, I mean, if that's the case and it's like, all right, so your ancestors looked exactly like you and also had to deal with a werewolf, like, it's a bit of a stretch, but also it's kind of like, well, who cares? It's a movie. Yeah, whatever at that point. I mean, I, I, mean, I think just take the original on its own and then the sequels are optional add-ons if you want to, yeah. you know go down some more stuff but mm-hmm. um yeah i i think the movie is the movie is super impressive it's a, it's a really like strongly confident <laughs> atmospheric strong character piece about sisterhood about mm-hmm. uh the, the the teenage you know girl experience but uh, you know obviously turned up to 11 because it's a horror movie and it's going to take it and run with the metaphor and and do all these things um and like you know like say the hit television show buffer the vampire slayer take Ooh. take the real thing and then like say okay so you know high school feels like hell it's you know high school's literally <laughs> on a hell mouth now the idea being that going through puberty is horrible and monstrous and you feel like you're changing and going through a metamorphosis here <laughs> literally here it is in a werewolf movie <laughs> yeah you know makes some sense and hell even going with the themes of like uh, what society expects of them, after Ginger has her her sex scene with uh, well, that's not really a sex scene. You don't really see the sex, but uh, after she has sex with the the, the dish bag, you know one of the things she says to Bridget is that you know he's he's off telling people that he got laid and you know he's just a guy, so that's fine. But I'm now the lay, and she kind of talks about that. So the, so these mm-hmm. subjects do kind of get sprinkled in through the, the film and uh and the dialogue as well. So it's reinforced throughout is it never feels like it strays from the thematic points that it's it's sticking to or it's trying to make it's very focused it's well paced uh there's very little to fall i think uh in terms of what it's aiming for yeah <laughs> i agree all right would you like to rate the film then Tim? uh yeah um so I I wouldn't say that like I've seen this like a ton like this is probably my maybe like third time uh, watching it but every time I watch it I always have a blast uh yeah uh, I mean it's just a yeah it, it's a terrific uh you know werewolf movie uh you know like you said like you know we love well I mean I love werewolves but yeah there's not uh I, I think there's more good movies uh than you do but there are still a handful like it's not like you know, vampires or zombies where you just have this glut of like, you know, really good movies and stuff like, uh, so it, you know, it, it's, it, this definitely deserves to be, um, talked about anytime, you know, someone's talking about, you know, the best werewolf movies. This is easily, I, I wouldn't go as, as far to say it's my number one, uh, like you did, but it's definitely up there. Um, and, uh, yeah, the, obviously the, the, you know, the two, uh, main leads are great. <clears throat> uh to the point where it's like it's always great when you see him in something else uh it's like oh hey it's uh you know the girls from uh ginger snaps i've been re-watching um 
uh supernatural uh and uh the uh-huh. uh, so bridget uh pops up in there uh, a few times so uh that's always fun and uh but no i mean it's uh you know it's a good horror movie uh you know it's a uh, you know it's a pretty blatant metaphor but uh you know it works it has a lot to say uh yeah it has a great car- uh characters and um yeah and then uh it, it doesn't skimp on the horror though like the um yeah like i, I think yeah like the werewolf effects i don't think are the best but i think they do work for you know the movie and the tone and, and like you said they do use them sparingly enough that uh i, I think it you know works really well so uh yeah i'm gonna give it a an eight um i yeah, it's uh very good. <laughs> I like it. Be interested to see the the sequels. I, I don't think I've really heard too much about them, so I, I, I'm assuming they're not great. But I'm interested to see where it goes. Yeah, um, I just I was just looking there actually. Uh, Emily Perkins is four years older than Catherine Isabel. That's pretty funny. Uh, <laughs> uh so. No, I I, I let this move a lot. If I one of the things I forgot to mention, I just I thought of it as you were talking there is mm-hmm. i love the teacher uh when they show their like the slideshow at the start with the mm-hmm. all the scary like all the, all the murders and stuff uh mm-hmm. and he just has this look of shock horror in his face <laughs> and he sort of like beats around the bush but, I, but one of the things that he says that i loves is he says mm-hmm. um to the class he phrases it like a question he's like well i was very disturbed by that wasn't i <laughs> and I'm like, why are you why are you asking like know, the way the way he phrases his his lines just really cracked me up mm. uh uh i mean it's probably on the script rather than the actor obviously but i just the, the way it's phrased just really makes me makes me laugh um if anything i could have used more of him in the in the script he does die by the mm. way as does a janitor we kind of glossed over the all deaths but uh yeah there's a couple of couple more kills um so yeah as far as rating goes um I'm probably going to slap this with an 8.5. Uh, I I think it's an exceptionally strong film. It's definitely of its time, and it feels like this grungy little low-budget movie. Uh, but for me, this is an example. You know, whenever we watch a low-budget movie from these days and we say it's really bland and why do they all feel the same, this is one of the mm-hmm. movies where I look at and go, this is why I'm angry at them, because you can clearly do it. You can make a low-budget horror oh, movie, for sure. yeah. and you can have it feel unique and have it feel like it's got personality and have it feel like a real movie that's not just like off a factory line of uh similar ideas uh so no ginger snaps is is very 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 good so uh there you go uh so that about does that so uh if you made it this far in the review put the word um um just just put corn syrup <laughs> yeah okay there you go corn syrup there you go mm-hmm. that's probably better than i was <laughs> what i came up with mm-hmm. uh so yeah put the uh put corn syrup in the description i'm gonna make tim do his pose for the thumbnail <laughs> so here we go three two one pause All right, you're going to do that again, but you're going to bring your elbow in so it's not cut off the side. (laughs) There you go. There you go. Perfect. Perfect. (laughs) I'm I'm snapping. (laughs) I I get that. I get that. Snapping. Uh, So I'll just go. I should have just like snapped halfway through the review and just (laughs) started feeling. Uh, So just glancing at the uh, the IMDb user reviews, as as, as we often do here at the end. 
Uh, so this is just an eight out of ten review. I just like the title of this one, though. It says a teenage werewolf in Canada. <laughs> I appreciate the pun. Funny. I appreciate the reference. That's all I'm saying. Uh, not a lot of funny ones here because people really like this movie, and it's a good movie. So you don't tend to get yeah. as juicy, uh, hot takes and the titles <laughs> with these ones. Um, but uh, what's this one? Four out of ten from fella Oof. underscore shibby from. The 14th of January 2020, so this is a pretty new review. This is just from uh, mm. earlier this year. At the time of recording, by the time you're seeing this, it'll be over a year old. Mm-hmm. 4 out of 10, pretty bland and boring by today's standards. Mm. I'm, I'm sorry, do you not like character development? <laughs> yeah, do, do you not like uh, plot progression and things happening? Do you, do you, do you just want I'm... flashing lights all the time? <laughs> sorry if like characters aren't constantly talking about twitter and tiktok and stuff but <laughs> <laughs> oh i love that yeah like if this was made now would there be like constant like with all, all the photos they're doing would they be for instagram probably they'd have like yeah. a goth following <laughs> yeah <laughs> yeah i could see that um so yeah ginger snaps a howling good time i see what they did there <laughs> see what they did there that's from 2008 uh so no. Yeah, lots of positive vibes, lots of positive vibes. Mostly 7s and 9s, uh, 10s. Um, and yeah, there you go. So, uh, Ginger Snaps, very, very good. Uh, of course, you can like and subscribe, as we mentioned earlier, patreon.com slash TV as well. Catch us on Twitter at Screams Midnight for updates and shenanigans, and uh, especially now with, uh, you know, Tim on leave. There's still episodes every week, of course, but uh, if you want the, the, the hottest updates from Tim, They'll, they'll happen on Twitter. Ice Cream's Midnight. Probably. <laughs> Probably. If I have time. <laughs> He's just going to a cocoon. He's just going to be in his den of fatherhood for a yeah. while and not talk to anyone. <laughs> yeah, right. There's going to be there's going to be all sorts of weird photos. You're going to have the baby like riding one of the dogs, like on the dog's back, and there'll be all sorts of weird shit. Um, <clears throat> Most likely. <laughs> yes. Well, you made a birthday cake for your dog the other day and posted a photo of that. <laughs> hey, what can we say? We love our dogs. <laughs> your cats are okay. I don't know if I like this favoritism, this uh, anti-cat <laughs> uh, attitude that's happening. Um, but yes. So, there you go. That has been Screws After Midnight. Uh, so we got one more werewolf movie uh, left. Although... Uh, we actually may have like a, a bit of overtime. There may be a fifth werewolf week, mm-hmm. even though it's technically going to be into the next month. Uh, mm-hmm. So look forward to that. But um, this has been Ginger Snap. So thank you once again for watching or listening. We always appreciate it. Keep watching scary movies, and we will see you next time. <laughs>